0: This is Candy in Toronto, your agent for the podcast. I can't say anything. you going to cut that? No. <laughs> do we have to start it over again? No, no, okay, no. You it. Okay, you do. Okay, five, four, it- three, two, one. 1. Yeah.
1: Hi. Welcome to the agency podcast. <laughs> hey, you wouldn't think we'd actually done these before. I right? know.
0: I think it's because I'm tired and we're together. And, so we both in And Toronto. in the words of,
1: of the Immortal Styx McGee, yep. we're drinking wine spodioti. We are, we
0: are having a glass of wine. It's only the first few sips, though, so it's really not a good excuse. Okay. But I did drive all day to get here to say hi to Eugene and to do the podcast. So here all we right. are. So. Yeah. Five, four,
1: three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Agency Podcast. Eugene here, your agent in Toronto.
0: And Candy here, your agent, also in Toronto. This is our... It's our penultimate <laughs> episode for now. I know, we're going to arm wrestle about who got to say the word penultimate. <laughs> but she she paused, so I got to jump in. I did it on purpose. So it's our second last episode for this season. We're going to take a hiatus and come back. And I just want to quickly say, while well, we're just starting out, I want to say hi to a few people. Hi, Steg. Hi, Tom. Hi, East Texas Red. Hi, Andy. Jenny. Shauna. Michelle. Megan. Tim M. Greg. Jill. Scott. Charlie and Pat. And Trisha. Hey, guys. Thanks All for right. listening. And we are going to put our Patreon page on hiatus, too. So yep. don't worry, you won't be... You're not um, supporting built. dead air. You're not supporting dead air. And I'll contact you or we'll announce it if we're going back up on Patreon or not in the future. And we'll just probably March. I'm thinking sometime in March. We'll take a good... We're going to take a we're break. Take a, take break, a break, break.
1: And, um, you know,
0: figure out how...
1: We, do we want to reformat it? Do we like what we're doing exactly like we're doing? Right. Do we want to keep the frequency the same? Right. Um, one of our, one of our um, faithful listeners... Uh, Adamandia oh, suggested yeah. we go Hi, monthly. Hi Adamandia. Um, and that's an excellent suggestion. Um yeah. it's something that I've been thinking about too. Uh I wouldn't mind having some more time to put into each episode, although I enjoy the spontaneous yeah. conversation, yeah. Yeah. which is kind of one of the nuggets I right. think that we well, offer. And here. we
0: all know that in two or three weeks, when Eugene isn't talking to me, he's gonna miss me. And he's gonna go. Oh, damn! It is kind of good checking in on with somebody. Yeah,
1: that's right. Because all I do is sit around and play fiddle. All day. I
0: know. And sometimes uh, it's good to talk to other people. Which
1: reminds me that just before <laughs> we started today, I had a snippet of a song going Ooh. through my head. Yeah. And and my father used to sing this song. And you my, remembered what lyric? I remembered. I remembered a little bit of a lyric that was. Um, uh, Rome was burning to 0 and still he fiddled away. And I thought, "What? what's the rest of it? Right. What's the rest of it? So I, I Googled that phrase, and it turns out it was a song, and it was by Roy Acuff. Roy Claxton Acuff, the fellow who wrote Wabash Cannonball. Crazy. And um, he wrote this song called Nero Played His Fiddle While Rome Burned. And I'm just going to read the lyrics because it was on my mind. And I thought I would, you know, when you have an earworm, the best thing to do is share share it. So Nero was a king, you know, many, many years ago. Nero loved his music, so bought a fiddle and a bow. Room enough for Nero. No, he never was (laughs) a hero. Rome was burnt to zero. Still, he fiddled away to his soldiers. He said, I'm busy having a big time with my Latin in jig time. What survives today? So Nero never went to town while Rome was burning down. They watched him in dismay, fiddle, fiddle, fiddle away. Oh, Rome meant nothing to Nero. He was never a hero. He must have been a zero because he
0: fiddled away. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's really like another link of um, evil with a fiddle. Kind it of, is isn't it? it's true yeah. if
1: i can find uh, a musical version of that i'll post it on our, oh, our, our facebook page for sure
0: oh well, i almost knocked over the mic i've been touching it here i got a couple of sort of fix-its and responses i did a lot of thinking about rebecca in the week since we watched it and i also want to had a couple of messages from greg who talked about Marilyn. so i just want to remember those things okay so why don't you start with the messages all right because we love getting mail we do and it's kind of like mail oh okay so greg had written about uh the movie blonde and that he thought that she was represented as an having agency in hollywood if you will okay so he he listened to the episode and here he writes again and just as proof that i listened to the entire podcast i understand the need for a break i've been amazed by your and eugene's productivity realizing that those podcasts require a lot of planning and preparation i've not listened to enough podcasts to feel suitable to give advice if you want to keep going and aren't trying to generate revenue maybe less frequent podcasts would work to conserve energy for other projects just a thought then he goes on i noticed a hum about my comment that audiences want strong female leads. This wasn't meant as a snide anti-feminist remark but was in response to a couple of criticisms that either criticized her victimization in the film or claimed that Marilyn wasn't like that. She was stronger more this or that. Now I don't know who said the him because I was going to go back and listen to the podcast but if it was me I know why I would have gone hmm. I would have gone hmm because I always say if you make a movie for women, We're going to go. I can't wait to see what the box office is on Ticket to Paradise. That's the Julia Roberts and George Clooney film that's come out. I think it came out this weekend, but Black Adam broke box offices. Like it just went apeshit, okay? So I think you'll see that Ticket to Paradise will be a very welcome film after that. Women want to see movies about women and that interest them. They really do. So, um, but maybe not Marilyn. So that's what my, if it was me saying, hmm, it was because I felt validation That it was about any story about strong females. Even if they're victimized, they're they're often struggling to be strong.
1: And if it was me saying, hmm, (laughs) it was because I couldn't get through much of that movie.
0: Right. Well, that's fair. Um, He also said he watched an art documentary about Marilyn. Marilyn made in Hollywood. In it, it sounds as they are reading passages from her autobiography. The voiceover is talking precisely about the split between Norma Jean and Marilyn. That is an important thread in the film. That's true. They really play out that there's two different people in Blonde. They play Norma Jean as like your regular girl. And Marilyn's. she creates her even to the point where she gets paralyzed if she can't create her in the film Blonde. And it's kind of cool. Um, I think that's it, really. I think that's... Um, I think that's it but it's funny because i i wrote back to greg and i said i remember when i first saw the movie tommy and i don't know if i said this on the podcast before i remember being that's with the who and i remember being completely freaked out that they had a parade scene and in the parade they had these huge giant um what do they call it in, in parades floats. floats floats and they had a Marilyn and an elvis and i thought oh my god they think in the future people are going to worship these people I just was like, I thought it was so weird that like they would make a float out of a movie star, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's when I was young. Yeah. I didn't realize that there were tons of women that, and uh, Joan Crawford and Bette Davis that were already being iconized when I was a kid. I didn't realize that was a thing, you know?
1: Well, there's a lot of people worship celebrity,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is true.
1: But we're also seeing... The other side of that, and remember, uh, I think a couple, a couple episodes ago we talked about can you separate the art from the artist? We did, and you know, in my in my uh, R and D for uh, the podcast, I couldn't help but come across um, many many articles about a fellow who calls himself Yay oh. or Kanye, who um,
0: this makes me sad. who he
1: had he had tweeted a bunch of uh, anti-Semitic. Right. Uh, remarks, which he thought he could do with impunity. But now um, Balenciaga has severed uh, ties with Yay and I believe today or yesterday Adidas has said they're stopping production of his brand of shoes and they're gonna stop paying him right. Um, but this guy's got 31.4 million 31.4 million Twitter followers. Wow, well. 31.4 million people. <sighs> Think that this guy has something important to say, and he's out there making anti-Semitic remarks. It's really well sad. good good for whoever's canceling him for canceling him.
0: Right now, I I love Kanye's music. Been a fan since day one. Love his music. Listen, I got his his recent album. It's fantastic. It's very gospel and beautiful. We talked about it on the podcast. And but can even you still now, listen to it now, knowing the kinds of remarks, or are you going to well, put it down to mental illness, or I don't no, know? I know you're right because the thing is. Excuse me. There is there's many artists I can look past who they what they might do or say. And you know, we've got the whole rock star thing. I, I expect my rock stars to be bad boys. However, no, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a really good yeah. point. Yeah. However, when they are doing it with underage or doing it abusively in the workplace, no, I don't I that's where I would draw a line. Okay. But you know, right now, you know, we mentioned Wynne Butler a while ago, one of my favorite oh, yeah. bands, Arcade Fire feist pull out of the con she's not on tour with him anymore she quit right away then he got back now beck is pulled out
1: oh isn't that interesting yes yeah. isn't
0: it interesting so i mean um i read the pitchfork article very carefully i do believe that the youngest woman was 18 that's still really pushing the limits um i don't think she was a child per se but i don't know it's not clear how old she was when when butler was hitting on her and i think he sent dick pics i think that's part of the issues also i don't even okay. understand right. why do you have to do that why does anyone ever have to
1: send <laughs> pictures of their penis to anybody <laughs> like really well, nobody you know, needs a picture of i a know dick.
0: i know i know so many people that have dick pics on their phone really that somebody has sent it to them or something oh really? god yeah oh yeah yeah i, I just is, can't even imagine like the, like what you're thinking hey this is i like the,
1: i like this girl i, I think know. i'm gonna photograph my junk and send a picture. I know. Who thinks like that? I
0: don't know, but I, I would see it more like... Um, I w- Obviously,
1: people with more attractive junk than I have.
0: Well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it ever looks that great. In <laughs> um, I was going to say that I can see these kind of shenanigans. Listen, I know people, when you get in a party you go you're dancing you're drinking they take off their clothes that i've been at many parties that's there's always that guy he's like lands up taking off his clothes or something and i don't care i didn't feel it was at least your peer it wasn't your boss it wasn't a rock star it wasn't a stranger it wasn't somebody you met a couple times on tinder it was just one of your stupid high school friends or college buddies or something and um they're usually wasted and it's more funny entertainment (coughs) but um, whatever Wynne did, he he crossed the line in a weird way. Um, a lot of the women are looking at him as they're hoping that they're equals, and yet he is still a rock star and has that kind of power dynamic in the realm. I can even look past that because I do expect rock stars to be bad, um, but maybe not bad with young people.
1: Well, yes, and, and people who want to be groupies mm-hmm. know they're being groupies.
0: Yes, where right. some so they're people all playing. Are, they're playing a game, right? And some people, but some people are being earnest. Um, they want to. They maybe they want to do a, maybe they want to do a podcast with him, or maybe they want to do this or that. And he's being friendly because he thinks they're hot. I don't know what when Butler was thinking. He wasn't thinking very. I know what he was thinking with, but I don't know what he was thinking about. He was not.
1: Meanwhile, he's, he's
0: definitely paying a price.
1: I'm also reading. People seem oh. to be seem to be stumbling over one another to to talk about inappropriate stuff that that bill murray has done over the years this sucks um and yeah you know it's, it shows you how like actors a good actor yeah. makes you believe they're a certain way and and i just assumed yeah watching
0: all the bill
1: murray movies that that he's really a lovable, well, I, gentle soul. Yeah, right? I
0: think of him as a gentle, goofy, camaraderie. Uh, but his ex wife says
1: he punched her in the face and said, You're lucky I didn't kill you. Oh, God. It's really scary stuff. Yeah. I don't know
0: if any of this is true. We don't, I don't know. know. It's alleged. Anyway. And also, I thought of him as like a Buddhist. I mean, Groundhog Day is one of my favorite movies. And, um, you know, he shows up at places and, and acts crazy, fun, crazy, happy, crazy. Um, I know that an occupational hazard in comedy is to be very angry person. That's uh-huh. not uncommon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not that. uncommon. But I thought maybe he's come out of that. Was this something that happened 50 years ago with his wife, or was it something that happened 20 years ago when he was a full, fully, yeah. hopefully recovered dealing adult? What's the other thing that's happening? Oh, well, speaking of canceled, I don't know if I told you that I watched um, a documentary about the armor, the Hammer family. No. Can I talk about that a few months ago? I watched it. And like, we were... an, like an Arm and Hammer? Yes. Huh? Yeah, Arm and Hammer. And it's a three-generational story. Hey, Eight... do, you,
1: do you remember yeah. when we went to see a punk band back in the day called Armed and Hammered? Yes, I do. Was of that course. not the best name it's for a punk band? It's best name.
0: Best name. It's such a good name. Mm-hmm.
1: And they came out and they had little intros for their tunes. Yeah. that That were, you know, this is our... This is our our tune about the plight of, and they would have some whole story. And then they would just hammer out this punk stuff. That was all the tunes to me all sounded (laughs) the same. But it was fun. It was lots of fun. Right.
0: Well, Army Hammer, he was in um, the social network. Okay. Okay. He played the twins. And so Army Hammer is from a family, Armand Hammer's family, very rich, billionaire, oligarch, American business people, correct? would you say that's what they are? Or I, 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 I don't, ol, or?
1: oligarch is a very specific term about uh, about about russian russian um uh capitalist thieves at the breakup very of the of, the of the soviet union but i would so. say
0: we have oligarchs in the united states uh tesla bozo or what's his name jeff Bozos? bezos
1: bezos yeah, oh, yeah bozo. i i just don't think, i don't i don't allegedly <laughs> i don't th- i don't think of them as oligarchs because i think of that as being russian Ah. but but speaking of that you know yesterday i went and i got my my booster shot my uh bivalent booster shot and actually the day before yesterday and yesterday we were going to record this yesterday evening and i had nothing i was mm. so flat mm. um mm. and i believe that that what happened was <laughs> was i got the shot and and i got like the bill gates chip Uh-oh. and it got stuck somewhere yeah. Yeah. it was stuck it, doesn't, it wasn't flowing through right. to where it had to get to and so i was feeling really mm. crummy until that that chip could right itself okay
0: yeah yeah well, I'm glad that you feel better today. I do. I feel much okay, better. Okay, so the, this is a, on Netflix, I think. It's either on Prime or Netflix. And it's a documentary, three parts, I believe, about three or four generations of the Arm and Hammer family. Okay. And it starts with the grandfather and all the shit he did to people. Then it starts with his son and his, son's, um, his brother and all the crap they did, like drinking drugs, guns. Maybe um, hurting spouses and kids, and then you get to Army Hammer. Army Hammer had in 2021 had two or three women come out and say that he had tied them up and wanted to eat their flesh. Do you remember that? No, I missed that. Yeah. So anyway, this this was family, that a consensual
1: BDSM
0: no. kind of thing. Well, that's how one on one level it could be. I see. Unfortunately, the women said they didn't want that. Oh, okay. So you're you're getting the interview of a couple women who were dating him and really involved and he groomed them and blah, blah, blah. It's a really good documentary. It's quite compelling. But one thing I will tell you, so he's kind of canceled, but he had already made a movie which relates to our episode last week. Okay. He stars in, uh, wasn't he in Knives Out too? I think he might've been in Knives Out. I don't know. No, he wasn't. But he stars in Rebecca, the remake. Oh, the remake, okay. So this added a very new level to my interest in and, the and, remake.
1: And I have to say, I yeah. am in awe of of my my partner in crime here, Candy Mates, <laughs> who watched, taking one for the team, yes. watched the remake of Rebecca. Right. Um, I am just in I know. awe. I, I bow at the feet of the And did they get
0: 23% on something like Tomatoes that. or something? So I was really worried about it. I was like, do I want to watch this? But I got more and more thinking about... The first one.
1: Sometimes it's kind of fun to watch. To watch a bad movie. We, we were movie? watching Absolutely. one, the, the cleaner, which was like oh, eighteen yeah. percent uh, with oh, Samuel, my god. Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yeah. He cleaves an ex cop who cleaned
0: crime scenes. Oh my god! And it was all involved. Yeah. And it, it was. It was awful. Yeah. Terrible. Anyway, huh? I'm sorry. I well, digress. I'm going to tell you, I Rebecca. I would. I would give it seven out of ten. All the right. remake. I thought it was quite good. Now, what it has going for it. One is it's got that dastardly bastard army hammer in it. Okay. And I hate to say it, this guy, he's classically handsome. And he brings movie star power to this role. He is gorgeous in it. And um, I, I couldn't take my eyes off of him in the in the role. And then um, you've got Kristen Scott Thomas who plays Mrs. Danvers. And I love Kristen Scott Thomas. And she was very, very good. And the major lesbian over th- the f- point in, you know, it was really crazy in the original, the lesbianism or the yes. implied le- lesbianism. And, um, or otherness, if you will. Um, she picks up the young Rebecca's glove and she really feels it at the beginning of the movie. And I was like, okay, well, in the old one, they played with underwear. But I was thinking about, I wanted, the other reason I wanted to watch it was because the first one, I couldn't help but think about how, in a way, it's a regenerative story. Um, because they said a number of times the character that Lawrence Olivia plays, Maxim, he comes from a really rich family. And he talks about how he's almost trapped by his wealth in the building, right? Because it's generation to generation to generation. And I was thinking about how it was like patriarchy and wealth, and is there any kind of symbolism in this movie, and why did it win Best Picture? I mean, it's a good movie. I was just surprised it won Best Picture because it doesn't have one of those grand themes, except I started thinking that it kind of does have a theme. And I wondered if Hitchcock put Laurence Olivier in there because he played Hamlet. He's very, very famous for playing Hamlet. And Hamlet is a story about a corrupt kingdom that it cannot be um, rebooted until it's burnt to the ground. And, very um, interesting point. Right? And Mandalay yeah. has to go to the ground. And they're talking about yeah. rich money and the old ways of doing things in England or whatever, the estates. And, um, it makes perfect sense. Doesn't it? Yeah, Weirdly. So this was haunting me all week. So I thought, I'm going to watch the new one to see if they deal with that. They do not deal with it in the way that haunted me with the original. Um, what is interesting about the remake is it's fricking gorgeous. They don't just do special effects. They actually go to all of these incredible European locations. So they're delightful to see. And I thought the woman playing, I don't remember her name. I feel terrible right now. Lily. Oh, Lily Allen, either Lily James or Lily Allen. And then, um, she plays the woman also. Did you notice what's the name of the woman in, um, the young woman in Rebecca? They never say her name and they never say it in the remake either.
1: Isn't that interesting?
0: Yeah, so she doesn't have an identity in a way. Wow. Yeah. Um, which also makes me they think about... They must say her name. I don't know if they do. We're going to have to really read about that. Mm. I don't think they say her name. And um, then... Um, so are it, we ha- going to
1: send a prize out to the to, first yes, person? We are. Who writes to us and tells us yes. the name of the young woman in Rebecca who became the second Mrs. DeWinter.
0: Correct. And um, I, I'm not sure what that prize will be. We'll fi- be a, we will figure a it out. Maybe book. a drawing it'll or a book. it or... uh, maybe a book and a drawing. We'll find something. We'll find something. And it'll be a good prize. Don't worry. All right. So I wanted to think about that. Anyway, I did like the one that was only 23 Rotten Tomatoes. I thought it was really good. Seven out of ten. Um, and that was hard to watch a week later after. I thought that was also pushing it. But remember, the critics you... aren't always right. No, they're not always right. Have you ever seen um, Psycho Remake? No, I, know. No, it's I do not it. has got some surprising... How, how could you watch that? I know. It oh, has really. some surprisingly good elements about it. It has some good things in it. So anyway, those were things that were on my mind that were... They weren't really fix-its, but it was kind of a fix-it. That would be like listening to anyone's cover of Stairway to Heaven. Now, are you complimenting Led Zeppelin right now? Because <laughs> it sounds like kind of you're complimenting them. Oh. I, mean, I mean... I'm not against them. You know who does a great cover of Led Zeppelin? Heart.
1: Well, they were kind of a, a Led yeah, Zeppelin they're rocker then, right? chicks.
0: Yeah, they're rocker yeah. chicks. But they do great uh, covers of Led Zeppelin. Yeah, you know, it's insane.
1: Like, I can listen to a Led Zeppelin album. They're, they're very, very good at what they do. It's not Canada. My, my complaint with yeah. Led Zeppelin yeah. is that they misunderstood the blues. Okay. And so they went off into this well, wacky, rockin' three-person they made power own, trio yeah. thing and they, they really, first of all, I mean, really, blues music does not feature guitar solos.
0: Well, that's true. You got me there, I guess. Yeah.
1: So, anyway... Never mind. Yeah. I'm don't, not. am not. Worry. I am not against Led you Zeppelin. Know, I
0: don't think it's a Canadian weekend until you hear Led Zeppelin coming out of a car racing when, by When on I the was street. in high
1: school, uh, and we used to go to the Mimicombo. Combo. You know what the Mimicombo Combo was? No, it was a roller skating rink oh, in Mimico. Did you roller just down, skate? Yeah, just down oh, the street from here. I'm so jealous. All our all the high school kids would go down there, and we would all skate around the I, circle in the roller skating wow. rink, and then at the end. They would play Stairway to Heaven. Oh, have my
0: it. God. Did people waltz?
1: Oh, people didn't waltz. They skated together and held hands. Oh, how
0: cute is that? They
1: held hands and it. skated in a circle. It's so risque. So I'm risky. telling you. That's adorable. You know what else happened what? at the Mimicombo? What? Very, very By famous Perky thing in, in Canadian musical history. Okay. The hardest working man in, in in show business, soul brother number one, James Brown. Oh. Played a gig in the Mimicombo wow. Roller Skating Palace.
0: How beautiful. Did people skate? I don't know. I wasn't oh, there. That's, yeah. I didn't even know about it until years later. Yeah, your baby. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. Wow, what a cool venue. They would have been pretty amazing.
1: You know, mm. I saw uh, Sheila and I, we, we took uh, our nephew to see James Brown late in his career. Right. And I was thinking... It's going to be sort of a pastiche of James Brown. Yeah. You know, he's going to be phoning it in from oh, Miami, seen him right? twice.
0: He was amazing. He
1: was so good. Where did you see him? Uh, it must have been Massey Hall. Okay. I think and, I saw that
0: when I saw him at the forum. And he
1: was... He was hot. I mean, yeah. he was still doing the splits. Sure. And he had the babes with uh, J and B on yes. their butt cheeks. Yes. and And everything. Right. Right. He did the fake yeah. heart attack. Yes. But also... His, he had a cooking cooking funk mm-hmm, band, mm-hmm. and you know sometimes he would just wander over to to the electric piano and start playing the piano. Wow! I mean he was really really good.
0: Yeah, well I saw him at the Forum, fantastic. I saw Aretha Franklin at the Forum, you know outside, fantastic. Oh, the Forum It was a great venue. I
1: I too intimate
0: uh, in the center stage. Not now. It's in the yes where when, they had when, the when it had stage.
1: the the rotating revolving stage, stage revolving yeah. stage. I remember going. Because I was a complete folk music geek. I went down. I didn't have any friends who would go to the show with me. Because it's like, oh, Eugene's a folk music geek. I'm not going to that. But it was Pete Seeger and Arlo Guthrie. Oh, nice. And I went down there like three hours early Aww. to get a front row seat. Yeah. Because it's Pete Seeger and Arlo oh. Guthrie. And I thought, this is going to be so amazing. For sure. So like two hours before the show the whole band comes out and Pete oh, and Arlo yeah. come out Yeah, and they did a sound check, but the sound check was a full concert Beautiful. and where in the concert, they did eight miles high <laughs> in the sound check. They did Mr. Tambourine. Man. Nice. So they just kind of substituted similar yeah. types of
0: tunes. For what they felt um, like.
1: And, and when Arlo was doing the tune, um, uh, Pete Seeger walked up to the grass to make sure that the right. folks who were sitting on blankets up at the top could hear and see, nice. okay. I mean, who does that? That's Pete Seeger beautiful. does that. Beautiful. Pete Seeger, what an amazing man. What an amazing show. Mm. I loved I loved the Ontario Place Forum. I really did. Yeah, uh, me too. Saw, when I was 15, went down there to see Muddy Waters. And who is the opening act for the Muddy Waters band? But... The Williams hottest heard. band around at the time oh, the James Cotton James band. James Cotton band. And oh my god, it was so good. And the show that the, the stage is rotating. Yeah. And James Cotton is doing a harmonica solo and somebody in the crowd hands him a flask. <laughs> and James Cotton stops his stops his harmonica solo and just look drinks wow. everything in the flask, Damn. hands it back, Damn. continues the solo. Damn. I mean, it was just what a rocking and That's
0: poetry in motion.
1: <laughs> I there were some shows there I missed. I really wanted to see Peter Tosh. Oh yeah, uh, that would have Peter been. Tosh would I, have saw been Peter amazing, Tosh. I saw the Peter Tosh. Amazing. Amazing to see there. Uh, I I would never have gone at the time, mm. but you know, people were swimming over the canals to get to the forum to see Casey and the Sunshine Band. I'm sure, they. Would. I would love to see that yeah, show. That today. Today, today, oh today God, I yeah. would think that would be so I, hot. I agree. But with back you then, it's like, ew. I'm not I, going. I, that. I
0: agree with you completely. Yeah, yeah.
1: But man, so many good shows. You know shows who
0: loved Casey and the Sunshine Band was Talking Heads. Of course, yeah, makes perfect duh, sense duh. now duh. In, the, in the fullness of time. Yes, all that yes, makes sense, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. I had one other thing I wanted. It's really a callback. And I I wrote some crazy notes about it. But I was thinking we were talking about nonlinear and experimental. And I had some thoughts. Okay. And these thoughts include the part where, you know, if you have a classical narrative, what we would call a dominant Western canon kind of narrative, which I don't know, is that such a thing? Because I think of Don Quixote, and that is a picaresque story, and it's almost nonlinear, but it's picaresque, where they plotless, right? So my feeling when I was thinking about experimental film, and one of the reasons that people will make things with them, is that you are, you're bypassing totalitarianism, and you're bypassing a control system. Um, It's very hard for fascists, to get their claws into a nonlinear story or any kind of legal thing because it it, it really does work. It bypasses, let me put it this way. Um, Science would call it a, um, the word is called a um, default mode network. The other word for that would be ego. We might call it that. So the default mode network, you could also say that's almost like the human mind's um, control system. It's not a bad thing per se. It, it comes into function if you're worried about paying rent and bills and safety and survival, um, you would have that default mode network working. But what nonlinear does and experimental is it would bypass that as well and catch you off guard and maybe impart information or a lesson or a moral or an allegory or something unexpected. And I think that's why you're going to find a lot of um, LGBTQ films often were nonlinear. Um, I think the experimental part was because it was it was really resisting what was seen as totalitarian storytelling even, if you will. That's not exactly, like, it's not fair to say that about a good classical film because I still love a good classical film. Some people might make that point film. without
1: using that language.
0: Absolutely. It's possible to do it. It's absolutely possible to do it. Absolutely. But I wanted to kind of throw that in there too for something to think about. Okay?
1: Okay. All right. Hey, I wanted to talk about a genre of film as well. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk about heist films. Well, Ooh. why do we always like heist films?
0: I think it's because we um, it's about work. It's about the job the job force, the workforce. It's about making money. And you're still making money if you're in a heist. Because you've got to organize it. You've got to plan it. You've mm-hmm. got to outwit the system. The control system, if you will. The bank, the government. Look at um, all the, the bank robbers that we revere. Dillinger. And all those guys were... they People clapped when they came out by the street because they outwitted the banks.
1: Well, in some cases, like Pretty Boy Floyd, um, you know, he would buy a, a, a carload of uh, groceries for families on mm-hmm. relief. Mm-hmm. He would pay mortgages mm-hmm. of, of people who harbored him. There you go. That kind of thing. So yeah. you have that kind of Robin Hood, Robin Hood kind thing. of thing. But I think that you're onto something. I think the reason why we really like heist movies is because they stick it to the man
0: they stick it to the man and they're they're smart it's not, they're smart they're hard working they're always do very it.
1: hard working and they're smarter they're like thieves who yes. are smarter than everybody yes. else yes and a good heist in a film, good way a good heist film there's always has to be a character who's way smarter than everybody oh, it is who thinks of all the possibilities plus three yeah
0: What's your two of my favorite heist movies that come to mind right now is the Inside Man. I think that's Spike Lee. I fucking love that movie. Oh, that's quite a good one with Denzel. Oh my god, yeah, it's yeah. such a good movie. And then the other one is the Bank Job, with Jason Stratham and um, ah, yeah. a beautiful actress. I forgot her name now. I want to. Oh, Saffron Burrows. I love her too. We
1: watched two this week, yeah. and they're really quite, quite different. That's yes. why I wanted to talk about it yeah, because, okay. because the two are really so different. I think so I've different. seen them both too. Um, one is the 2001 film Just Called Heist. Yes. Which yep. was written and directed by David Mamet. Yep. Really at the prime of his career. Correct. Um, starring, I'm going to say it, my favorite <laughs> actor. My favorite actor, Gene Hackman. I know. Okay? He is my favorite actor. I know. He could do it's no so wrong. so funny. Um, and he played such a skilled thief. He was. He knew exactly what was yes. going to happen, yes. and then he planned that extra little yes. thing. And the beauty, I think, in heist is, it's all about the twisty turny plot. Yeah. Um, it that draws you in and then surprises you still, along the way. Yeah. Still to this day, you think I've you're probably be seen a t- this t- one three right. times. It's still, but right. the ending still gets me. Right. Um, But in this one, there's something so stylized about it Mm. that it's disconcerting. Mm. And I think that that's a quality of David Mamet films. Yes, I do. They all seem like they're stage plays to Mm me. Yeah. You know? Okay. Exit stage right, enter stage left. Maybe
0: he couldn't really pull away from that as a stage writer. I don't know. Maybe. And maybe it doesn't matter.
1: But also the beauty is it always seems in heist as if the actors are acting mm. whereas you expect actors not to seem like they're acting and why were they mm. seem like they're acting because of course they, they were, were acting because they were they're trying the to heist. fool somebody
0: that's so true um you know what i also call that i call that like Pritzi's honor i always felt like you i call that operatic where it's the actors have gone that extra flamboyant yeah. side of things it's not in the realm of realism i would call it in the realm of like opera or spectacle and
1: the other thing with this yes. one that really, really s- struck me watching it again was that the actors were so fantastic in it that they really pulled off all of all of the stylization yes. and all of the yeah. plot twists. Yeah. Um, uh, Delroy Lindo fantastic in it love him. Um, it was it was re- Danny DeVito playing Danny DeVito because right. that's the only thing he Edward ever plays
0: Gordon play the nephew who plays the nephew oh, isn't there a nephew that there, they, is that Ricky J? oh maybe oh I, you, you know I love Ricky J. now Ricky J is a good friend of David Mehmet and you know he's a magician right oh in okay. real life he's yeah a magician. he doesn't play that he doesn't
1: play the the nephew, nephew. he plays the other guy uh that's part of the gang the nephew i think is
0: uh is it is it sam rockwell it's sam rockwell yes who i also love i mean what a great cast and of course
1: they're forced to do one last job circumstances (laughs) gather around gene hackman he has no choice he has to do one last job he hates to do it right but he's gonna do it and wow
0: sam rockwell's supposed to make sure that they do it isn't he Uh, that's
1: right because he's working for uh danny devito playing danny devito yes okay
0: um, yeah. So, this
1: was a super fun heist movie, uh, right to the end. It's got that extra twist, which is really mm-hmm, fantastic. Mm-hmm. But then we watched another one, which isn't about the plot twist oh, at all. Okay. It's all about the character, all about the characters, oh. and that was the town. Oh, I love that movie um, too. Oh my and god! And boy, it really holds up. I, mean, I think I, it was
0: it was the first was the first one directed you, by Ben Affleck. Yeah, how can you hate Ben Affleck when you see the movie The Town? I don't hate. I don't think you do, but I mean, some people really kind of razz on him. But as an actor, I make fun of his wigs. I get, (laughs) I guess so, and his lifestyle, maybe his romance life, or something. Oh yeah, I don't care about that. I don't care about that either. I love him. He brings emotional deliverance to every fucking role. Yeah,
1: he really does, and it really stands out in this because he plays against John Hamm. Yes, um, who, you know. I never would have hired him for Mad Men based on that performance. I, I think it was just not a great. He just wasn't very believable right. to me.
0: Right. I mean, who? I I would agree with you. I mean, John Hamm. I think y- you can't believe him as Don Draper. He's so insanely good. He so encapsulates it. It's hard to. Yeah, believe. Yeah. He found fa- he found his role. He I did. guess he did. But in this
1: one, he he certainly just made Ben Affleck look good, even better. Um, yeah. And it's. It's a hard to believe kind of plot because you have a bunch of bad guys do bank mm. jobs and, and armored truck mm. jobs and they um, they take a hostage. His crazy friend, James, takes a hostage. Yes. Um, and he's worried that the hostage might know something if mm-hmm. he wants to find out what she knows. Mm-hmm. So he goes to find her. Yeah. And of course, what happens?
0: They fall in love. Romance ensues. Yeah. It's such I, a beautiful love it was, story. It was a
1: little bit hard to believe <laughs> the love story, but Ben Affleck did such a great job trying to pull off an unbelievable story yes. that the you know the the character was written very very well um, and another kind of approach to uh, to to the heist film that's and not so plot And the working class
0: so. again, and this class struggle. Oh I mean, yeah, and, and Ben Affleck seems to have some
1: the... kind of real love for Baston.
0: Yeah, well, he's from there, isn't he? Oh, is he from yeah. there? Yeah, I think he's from there. But I didn't know what the hell you just said. Bastard! <laughs> okay, he, he's from there. That's his old neighborhood, I believe. Him oh, and is it really? Mark Wolf, uh, no, what's his brother? Matt Damon. They're from there. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So they know how to talk like they're from there.
0: That's their original voice. Okay. He probably changes, they probably change their voice to do other movies. Oh, yeah, probably. I believe that's probably his original accent. Yeah. And if I was in a Valley Girl movie, you'd go, wow, she put on a Valley Girl accent. But I was originally a Valley Girl. <laughs> I used to say for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I got rid of that. Oh, oh. wow. I love it. I, I wanted to watch Heist. I couldn't watch it the other night. I tried, but I didn't want to rent it. Right so on. I figured I'll watch well, it when I'm here. I've seen here, it before. We'll, we'll I've probably seen manage before. To, yeah. uh, to, I mean, to see it. It came out. It's funny. It came out in November of 2001. That's exactly when you didn't want your movie coming out. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, movies died. Nobody's watching a movie. They were watching CNN. So I feel bad for so many... A lot of people missed a lot of good movies. It would be worth it to sit and look at movies from the summer to Christmas. Maybe that whole year after 9-11 and just catch up on movies you missed. Because, uh, you know... Yeah, because we were all messed up. All messed up. And not, not going to the theater or whatever, you know? The opposite of being messed up with COVID, where all we watched was movies... Every movie ever made.
1: So there's been another another art protest. Yes. This one is some kids thought they would they would fix climate change by throwing mashed potatoes at a Monet's haystacks uh,
0: mm-hmm. painting
1: and then gluing their hands to the wall. Yeah.
0: No, I did not read about this. You told you mentioned it in a text, but I was going to go read about their protest. Was this also in London in the same series of? they're doing a month of protest oh for i don't oil. know if it's
1: the same place or not i or if these guys are just copycat protesters or if they were somehow related Did they have to...
0: oil on their t-shirts like uh were they protesting big oil okay we need to find they that were out. protesting climate change oh, but, right well but,
1: that's related to oil you're right no they were wearing um safety vests orange oh, safety vests safety and black vest. oh, black wow. onesies
0: okay all it right Looks like black onesies um, but for climate change you know I feel oh, they're German I feel German so protesters. different than you about this it does not bother me at all that they're doing it I I only expect young people to do this you can't put an old head on young shoulders and why would you want to for one thing and I believe, second I, I don't think old people are going to do this because it's young people who are feeling the, the pain of this they see older generations as set in their ways rich not going to do anything now and the world's going to hell so Although you get Jane Fonda out there. We talked about that last week and she's, she figures, Hey, I might as well protest.
1: I'm with one of our commenters, um, uh, Rick W on the, on the (laughs) Facebook site who just referred to them as nincompoops.
0: I know, but I don't feel that way. I thought, you know, I've spent so much time. First of all, what's really interesting to me is I don't know whether they are just lucky or whether they are poetic activists because,
1: Oh, they're just misguided kids. You're just misguided kids. Achoo. They they want, they want, they're so earnest. They want to do something, they want to make a difference. And the best they could come up with is throwing mashed potatoes out of Monet and and, and gluing. <laughs> That's the best you can come up with is mashed potatoes out well, of Monet. Uh, listen, I'm gonna come up with the activist yeah. cookbook. I'm I gonna know. come up with creative yet non-destructive okay. ways. Or hey, what if what if we could have recipes mm-hmm. that as long as they're cleaned up within a certain period mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm then the painting's okay. Yeah. But if they're there too long, then it starts to do... Anyway, The Activist Cookbook, I'm there. We can ask our listeners for recipes.
0: Sounds good. But I don't think it's a bad thing. Second of all, the one thing I was thinking about was that they picked... You know, funny, Van Gogh, I happen to really, really love Van Gogh. Um, And... Uh, what I find interesting, and I said this before, was that they put tomato soup on there, which made me think they were referencing Andy Warhol. It's entirely possible that was a coincidence, and they didn't mean I'm to sure it was a show art eating art. Or, you know, you can do things unconsciously, and they can still be profound, as well as consciously and still be profound. Whether or not this is profound is not my interest. What I do find interesting is that they picked two paintings that are of the natural world. and And previous to this... In art history we were really worshipping religion, also, religious icons. Also two
1: paintings from the impressionist slash post-impressionist period which today I would say I hate to use People. the word the masses yes. but I would say the masses who look at art are looking at impressionism and post impressionism yes. and certainly certainly since uh, Nietzsche killed off god and uh uh, uh, Picasso started doing cubism. Yes. I mean, nobody wants to look at that shit.
0: Well, totally. Uh, but I agree with that. Plus, poor old Van Gogh. Oh, she's pouring more I'm wine. I'm pouring more wine. We're going to get that glug, glug, glug right by the microphone. Yeah. Um. Was that, you know, I think... Spilling it all over I'm so you. sorry. Well, I'm, I'm hyper here. I was trying to think. I wonder if how Van Gogh would feel or Monet. I have a feeling they'd like it. Because Van Gogh was never allowed to be in a museum, he was never famous. I'm sure if he
1: thought maybe he could sell a painting or two, and (laughs) and put
0: some sauces,
1: cook some sausages over a gas jet, yes, yes.
0: And he ate his own paint is a rumor. I don't know if that's true or not.
1: Well, that would explain. Uh, a weird uh, weird behavior because uh you know poisoning yeah there's there's nasty stuff cadmium cadmium lead and flake white Mm -hmm. so all kinds of stuff that can cause your brain to uh yeah to be messed up
0: i think he probably had the synesthesia like i do so things looked so the paint looked so good but i happen to like those two paintings and they are nature-based and that is also part of the rejection of the church-based paintings religious-based paintings um corporate medici paintings and um
1: I wouldn't
0: read too much into it I'm saying they might not know it but you could read into it so I think Uh the thing is it's got everybody read it in the newspaper they might look immature to you which I don't think is an appropriate term to call somebody immature or not because um we can't help what age we are and um they are upset about yeah our Rick W hi Rick he wants um, us to respect Greta and not respect these kids but they're all on the same page they're all trying to do something and they're feeling frustrated they want change well that's true they 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 are they
1: are frustrated and they're very earnest i think they're very earnest very sincere I, i
0: think gluing their hands to the wall is the best idea personally the problem with doing things to the artwork is now it's going to mess it up for us when we go to the galleries that's yes, right because they're going to w- put a barrier in front of us really, we're not going to be allowed you could just to saw
1: off a chunk of the drywall <laughs> and let them leave with their hands glued to the drywall <laughs> put a
0: new piece yes, of drywall yes. in and there you go yeah off yeah merry way yeah they don't even have to worry about taking their you can let them worry about let it let them worry about it but um you know so for me i don't want them to start putting those paintings further and further away from us it's bad enough that we have art already removed the other thing is please bitch please Nobody cares about art. All this ooh, boohoo, Van Gogh, boohoo, hoo money. Nobody gives a shit. They put it him on mugs, T-shirts, shoes, socks. They put well, it on walls like a mercy. that's why they're nincompoops. So it's bullshit.
1: They, they, if they're going to do a protest do for climate immersive. change, come on.
0: You, I mean, don't do it at an art museum. How boring is that? Well, it might be a good idea, but I don't know if it is. But they're also... It's do not you, a good idea. Do you think they're immature for throwing yellow paint on the... Um, Or do you disagree with them being Nimken poops um, throwing yellow paint on Scotland Yard? Because they did that the day before.
1: Yeah, you know, I I just don't see that, that aside from getting a brief little bit of attention how damaging stuff is going to help their cause because what happens and what happens very, very quickly is all you remember is some vague thing about the cause. Oh yeah. They're for, they're, they're battling climate change. They're protesting oil or something, but you don't really have any, that's all, you know, that's all you remember. And, but you really remember they're a bunch of kids try to wreck paintings. That's all I remember. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't make me think, Oh my God, we have to stop (laughs) using oil. Well, I don't know. I
0: mean, I don't know and if they you those us to, kids.
1: Yeah. Then go, they they would be very very happy to text their friends on their cell phone made out of oil products.
0: Well, that's probably true too. You know, I was going to tell you a story about um, my activist food. Um, okay. Was that because um,
1: you could have a chapter in the activist cookbook? I know. And you, I want you to watch for the Kickstarter campaign,
0: folks. <laughs> um, so you know, um, years ago, um, I've used to go to. I've been to a number of court cases. And some very famous. The Paul Bernardo case, right? The Paul Bernardo case. I think trial. you're the
1: only person I know who ordered a pizza from the light up at well, the Paul, we Paul were, Bernardo. Well, we place. were
0: in line. My friend Suzanne and I were in line overnight. And we got our sleeping bag sent to us to sleep in the street. Because we got there around five o'clock the night before the trial. This is not part of the story at all, actually. But might as well digress. Might as well. And so we're standing outside. And then everyone started ordering food. And we're like, oh my God, let's order food too. I didn't even have a cell phone. I don't know that if was Suzanne had Uber. one. There this, wasn't even Uber. There's each no then. Uber. There's just like I don't even places. think either of us had a phone. I think we had to borrow a phone from somebody else. I mean, I think cell phones were like, I don't know. Somebody had a cell phone because we must have borrowed one to get pizza. But I don't think her or I had cell phones. It was, well, those early
1: cell phones. Like You remember Steve McGarrett's cell phone? Yeah, on, the uh, flip-up. On, uh, on uh, Hawaii Five. Before well, it the flip-ups. huge. Ups, they weighed about yeah. nine pounds, yeah. right? They were well, huge. This,
0: this well, these ones were handheld. But we were in line for this, and we managed to get food. And, and somehow, we Suzanne did not sleep at all. I did sleep for about an hour on the pavement. But you know who was in line, don't you? It was all women. Because who else would care about rape in the street? And, and um, I protested back before we knew he was a, the, um, the rapist, we protested the Scarborough rapist. We didn't know it was Paul Bernardo. And then when he got caught, all the DNA matched up and the accounts matched up. They found him through that, right? So um, we went to that court case. I think Suzanne fell asleep for about an hour in the trial and the judge would get so mad because we had to wake up, right? So disrespectful. I will tell you, oh. did I ever describe when Paul Bernardo came out, he looked at us all, right? and i don't know you've been in nature have you ever seen or even at the zoo have you ever seen an animal look right through you yeah like a tiger they're looking at you but it looks like they're looking at something behind you like they looked so past you and that's what it was like when he looked it was creepy and then i was like well for sure he did it because again you don't want me on your jury (laughs) (laughs) and i've said this before and i'm going to say it again Carla Homolka, they really did not portray her well um, physically. She was fucking gorgeous in real life. Beautiful. Doesn't make her a better she's ugly on the inside, let's just say that. Um, oh so anyway, we went to the trial for the guy arrested for killing Alison Perot. Do you remember Alison Perot was a little girl that walked along Bloor Street? She yeah. was doing her past varsity stadium. She was doing she went to go get photos taken. And she was doing some track and field, and this guy killed her in High Park. And they could not find this person forever. Her parents are idols to me because they prayed they did not want the death penalty. And they were so spiritual, they just found other ways to, you know, help s- victims, help survivors. They've done just amazing public service. Anyway, we went to see the trial um, of him on, on trial and when we walk to the trial we pass through nathan phillips square because the courthouse was right up in that area on um avenue road or university right we're walking through nathan phillips was square that,
1: was it at the college street uh, courthouse i think it was yeah, yeah okay. it, so must, it must park. have been
0: it must have been at college park because we had to go through nathan phillips square so maybe it was on university okay okay and when we do there's protests for unhoused persons and poverty and it's just a massive protest we get out by, I think, Avenue Road or... No, not Avenue Road, University. And there's all these people. Who knows what it was for? But they were throwing eggs on the USA Embassy. And we're like, okay, they're throwing eggs on the embassy, the USA Embassy. And this is a protest for, un, for poverty and hunger. We need to get these two together. Yeah, so somebody <laughs> can eat the eggs. So somebody can eat the eggs, for God's sakes. <sighs> yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. It was like, okay, there, where is the logic in this, right? Not much. And besides all of this, I do believe in civil disobedience. I don't have a problem with them throwing food at paintings. Um, What I do feel is, though, that human beings, the way things change is is culture collapses. It's not necessarily that we've protested, although I'm sure people might have protested in Rome. And maybe they protested in um, Mayan culture for the offenses of the... um, Monarchy, you know, the, the people forcing people to have slavery or whatever in, in, in Rome and stuff. I'm sure maybe people did try to pro- protest for it, but basically people just left. They didn't say, hey, Eugene, hey, guys, we're going we're gonna to stop oil. We're not going to do it anymore. The oil just will run out. We'll just reach a point where it's so massively horrible to use oil, we'll just walk away from it. I don't think it's going to be intellectual. I think it's going to be, oh, fuck, it's too late now. Um, Jared Diamond said, did anybody talk about the last tree they cut down on Easter Island? We don't, we don't know, but they knew it was the last tree. So we, I don't think we're going to do it that way. I think we're just going to find it collapse and do something else. And we may or may not survive. Hey, when I drove up, I listened to an audiobook. What did you listen to? I listened to <laughs> The Passenger by Cormac McCarthy. Because wow. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a hardcover, a real hardcover, because I read some of the book photocopied, okay? Not the best way to read it, and it was all jim-jammed up. Um, but anyway, I thought, oh, my God, I'm driving down, and it went on sale today. So I realized, oh, I can get it on audiobook and listen to it the day it comes out. I probably got about more than halfway through, and it made the drive fantastic. I'm sure. And the reading, the people reading it were fantastic. I can't tell you their names, but it was a man and a woman. So there's a storyline of a sister and a storyline of a brother. And a female reads her focused parts and a male reads his focused parts. And um, it's a lot of fun. I bet it is. Some great conversations in it. If you look
1: on our Facebook page, uh, Candy has posted an excellent article about uh, the two new Cormac McCarthy books Mm -hmm. that are are coming out. Um,
0: First books in 16 years. I've been waiting 16 years for this
1: yeah and all, it, we you all know have. reading this article it sounds like they're going to be really interesting and you know he's he's
0: he what 88, 88 or 89 yep, now
1: yeah um i don't know unless he has a lot more in the bag i don't I know don't how know. much more um i know. output we're going to see from. i know you.
0: this could be it he's got two novels one was today released today and the other one's on december 6th and then they're going to release them both i guess in a bound version or a, a box set for of collectors course. in the future
1: because if there's another way that you can... I know, it to up. get
0: the money. But at least it's books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pretty exciting. I I got I also got John Irving's book on audio. And I started listening to it. But I today I realized I've got to write a precess by October 31st for the um, conference in New Mexico. So I realized I'm going to write about the flight bag in No Country for Old Men. That's where the money was in. Do you remember the that he finds a bag, box of money? That's yeah. in a flight bag. Yeah. When there's a flight bag... In this novel too, so I'm going to do something with those. I'm not not sure where I'm going to go with it, but I'm going to go somewhere with right.
1: it. Well, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. I'm certainly looking forward to during our hiatus reading those two books. I know. You know, I'm finding I've been doing a fair bit of reading, but it's very difficult to keep ahead to read enough to have do, things. Go ahead. How do people, things to talk about when
0: you think about it? You watch on um, Good Morning America or GMA. They, they often have an author on every week and they've read their book.
1: Or they listen to the audio. Or they book listen on, to the, the audio week. book. Well, yeah. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah. How do you feel about audio books in general compared to reading?
0: Well, I like to sit down and do nothing, so I like reading. <laughs> However, I also love that today while I was driving, I could listen to a novel. And I love mm-hmm. if I'm going to be sewing, one of my hopes is on a sewing machine blaring a novel and and listening to that as i'm sewing because and i you can listen to music sewing too but i don't think i can watch tv and sew so i like the idea of listening to a book while i'm sewing i sometimes
1: do mosaics with i'll put on a movie i've already seen yeah so i don't have to keep watching it but it reminds me of the movie when i listen to it
0: but i don't want a needle going through my fingers so i kind of have to look Uh, at what i'm doing yeah i hate that too so i don't i have to watch i'm already a challenged for keeping it straight on the sewing machine. So I'm gonna to have to look at it while I sew. And um, I don't know if I'd gone to a fabric store by the time we um, recorded this last week. I think I went after, I went to the most amazing. I will tell you the last thing I expected was to have a fabulous fabric store in Toronto, in Canada. I just assumed the greatest ones were going to be in Europe and the States. We have
1: some good fabric stores, Oh, I my
0: God. The place called Fabric Fabric is so incredible by St. Clair and DuPont. I had, It was so good. I can't wait. I'm hoping I can go there this week and get some more supplies. More brains. More brains. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, I like an audiobook. But I also really, really like I feel like it's more daydreamy to read the book. That I'm going into a daydream a bit more. I don't know if that's true or not. I find that um, reading
1: is, is an active activity and an audiobook is a passive activity. Yeah. And so, what I find is with an audiobook, I don't give it the same level of attention. Whereas in hmm. a book that I'm reading, I immerse myself into it.
0: That, I feel like maybe I feel the same way. I'm not sure though. I wonder if anybody could care to email us and tell yeah, us how you Yeah, I'd like to know you what you feel. think, because I know we have because, friends who listen to loads of audiobooks and right, just love them. Love them. And listen, I'm I'm liking this very much. It is like a radio play. I'm really liking it, but there is something about sitting. I feel like my mind does something different. I feel like I'm doing something different with my brain and my head. But, hey, I think it
1: does, it does get processed in your brain differently.
0: Differently. And I start visual, where I didn't feel like I was doing, I do less visual imagining in when i'm listening you're right maybe that is because the book's doing it for you or something i don't know
1: mm. but i
0: still like it and I'll, i'm going to continue and then I mean, there's
1: the problem with books and movies where <laughs> if you once you've seen the movie it infects the book yeah so for instance i recently read um and talked about on the, the podcast uh john le carré's smiley's people um and Alec Guinness is so much George mm-hmm, Smiley mm-hmm. that I couldn't read the book without imagining oh, Alec Guinness yeah, as Smiley.
0: Yeah. Well, I post on Facebook. I, I have We did not talk about this movie. It was one of my favorite movies I watched last year it was called The Lost Daughter. And um, I thought it was fantastic. And then I found out that the writer is Italian and they are secret. And I wondered why would they be secret? It's not like a pen name. They literally do not want anyone to know that they are doing it. Now, it's rumored to be an academic or um, a professor in Italy, and um, they think they might know who wrote it. But she also writes characters that it might be better to be anonymous so that you don't embarrass anyone you know. But it's a statement,
1: isn't it? Compared to most authors who want to remain anonymous will have a pen name. And so you have authors like Sandra Brown, for instance, who has written books under various pen names depending on the slot the book is going to fall in. Right. Doesn't she have
0: a picture on her book, though? I mean, she's not secret. She's not anonymous. It's a pen name. I think
1: at one point... People didn't know, but oh, now okay. now they know.
0: Now they know. Okay, well, this person, I don't think they have a picture. And they do have a pen name. I think they have a, a name on the book. But there's oh, no okay. identity with that author. I see. Yeah. So it is a pen name. I, I guess when I said anonymous, that sounds like something else. Well, but yeah, it that's, is I thought it was of,
1: different because if you say the book is by anonymous, right. that's a different statement. Right. You know, that's like... i uh, sorry. Remember, we, we were talking a little bit about that book about uh, Go Ask Alice. Yes. Right? Which, yes. Which purported to be... Uh, a teenager, di- a 14-year-old right? girl. Anonymous.
0: But it was a woman, a grown person or a man. right. Yes, who
1: was a woman. Right, And it's writing obvious things, yeah. when you
0: read... If you read it right now, it's obviously yes. not a teenager. That was such a scam i was so dumb when i was a teenager i didn't realize that it didn't sound like anybody i knew (laughs) but um i do want to read all those all of her books now because of that movie do you oh my god it's such an intense portrayal of a woman it's funny because everybody feels so different a lot of people think that she's insane or that she's tragic and i don't feel that all way at all i think it was a really good portrayal of motherhood And being a family person or a daughter or whatever, you know, I thought it was really, really interesting. I'm obsessed with it. And I really have to read the book. Now, some of our friends said they they were very, I should have known Italians. We know two Italians on on social media. And they're very familiar with their books. I was like, oh, that makes sense. I wish they told me to read them. Maybe they did on their blog, and I didn't pick up. Well, that's it up. very possible. They and probably we just... did do book reviews on yeah. them, and, I, and it went right over my head. But they said the movie is nothing compared to the book. So I can only imagine how good the book is. You probably understand her character a lot more. Because it's hard to understand her, in a way. Hi, Pussycats.
1: For uh, documentary hounds, mm-hmm. um, we both watched a documentary. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, this week. Uh, that was made a decade ago uh, I think it was from 2013 mm. and I believe we both watched it around the time we it do. came out um, I happened to stumble into it on YouTube <laughs> the entire film was there on YouTube and so I watched it mentioned it to candy yep. and it's uh it's a film called ain't in it for my health <laughs> uh, featuring uh, Levon Helm uh, and Larry Campbell and Levon's family mm-hmm. uh, principally, uh, but there's also... I think there's a... is not Billy Bob have a... Oh, my God, that's my favorite part of the whole movie. That's my favorite part of the whole movie. Because they're both like hillbillies from Arkansas. And when they're talking, you can see they're talking about us, right?
0: Oh, my God, I love it. Billy Bob, look at his face and the way he's looking at Leave on Helm. He's just like so reverence for him. And Billy Bob is just such an incredible personality.
1: Uh, This film uh, was... Um, it was made, uh, over a fairly short period of time, uh, after, uh, Levon's so-called comeback album came out, Dirt Farmer, which if you haven't heard, uh, you just go it's listen really to good. it. So it's, it's just a remarkable piece of work.
0: Well, he play. I saw him play right before that film around that time. And it's funny, he was really great and fantastic. And then my coworker, cause I was at Old Town School said, he looked terrible. And I was like really shocked. And then he died. So he died, He passed away about six months after I saw him.
1: Yeah, we saw him,
0: too. I think we saw him twice. So did Richard one, one, Manuel. Once when... I, don't see me if you're in the band. Okay. <laughs> don't spend time with me if you're in the band.
1: Um, uh, we, we saw him play once when, you know, his voice had come back. He'd recorded Dirt Farmer and yeah. then Electric Dirt um, and, and was singing well. Mm-hmm. And then we saw him... had lost his voice again and he tried to sing but he really couldn't sing and the the band was so good they Mm. really (laughs) jumped in he was there playing the drums and waving um but uh, it was close to the end at that at that point and this film is centered around that time when he's struggling with his voice um, and um he's been invited to the Grammys to accept a Lifetime Achievement Award as part of the band right. and he's he's so bitter about mm-hmm. his experience with the band and he's trying to figure out what to do and I think he decides he's not going to go mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of commentary by Larry Campbell now Larry Campbell was his guitar player and producer um, also very well-known player. He played with Bob Dylan um, in his band for many years. Uh, brilliant, brilliant player. Um, and dear friend of, of Levon, clearly. Mm-hmm. He cared about him tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a little bit of his commentary from the point of view of his friends who wish that he could reconcile with yeah. the guys in the band. Yeah. Um, with Robertson, really. With really Robertson. I mean... I don't think anyone had any any beef with Garth Hudson. No. Um Rick Danko and Richard Manuel were dead. No. Um and but
0: they they had already suffered from this kind of poverty as uh, well.
1: So regardless of whose side you may want to take mm. in that little spat, I can tell you watching this film the bitterness is very very real.
0: Yeah, it's sad. And right? that it's and, a good example of that you think what's that saying? Uh Bitterness is a pill that you think you're giving to somebody else, but you actually saw, swallowed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it was but tremendously... But I understand where he's coming tre- from. It was tremendously sad that, you know, well, and this is kind of part of the undercurrent mm-hmm. here. He had to organize the, the midnight rambles and do a series of con- concerts right. on the eve of his farm being repossessed. Yeah. You know, he had nothing. Yeah. And... You know, and he shouldn't have been poor. And really. Robbie Robertson had lots. And the point that's made during the film is, and I think it may have been Larry Campbell who made the point, is that Robbie Robertson took what Levon was mm-hmm. and made it yes. into songs. Yes, correct. Um, and Levon ended up not getting credit for that, but without Levon, those songs couldn't exist. And they thought yeah. they were in it together.
0: Yes. You know? Yes. But
1: it turns out when it came to business, they weren't in it together. Right.
0: And that's also the naivety of of their time and drug abuse. Well, uh, I mean, well, they were yes, because were all heroin.
1: Because, at the, well, Robbie Robertson wasn't, but Levon certainly was. Yeah.
0: And I think Rick Danko was too. I, yeah. I, I, I allegedly, I don't want to say that. Well, he
1: died from a heroin overdose. So okay, he certainly, thanks.
0: he thanks. accidentally fell on yeah. a needle, at least right. at the end. So I will be okay saying that. And, um, you know, the thing is, that this came up in the Go-Go's documentary. I don't know if you got a chance to watch that. Yes,
1: it's a great documentary. A great documentary. Oh, yes, and one of them becomes a junkie, and they see you're going to Alphabet City, and they know, oh, oh we know yeah. what she's doing, Yeah,
0: right? so there's two women that write the songs. There's Belinda Carlisle and the guitarist. And the guitarist came up classically in music, extremely prolific and talented woman. And those two kept writing the basis of the songs and their name is on every record every song they're getting all this credit so the band year by year the other two women are barely paying rent or getting their act together it seems like
1: it's not right it seems like the structure of the music business in which the money is in publishing Mm -hmm. um it doesn't really work for the artists involved does it
0: Not for a band. And so what happened was they broke up. They hated each other. And then they came back. By the time this film comes out, they've done tour. They did a Broadway play. And I guess they went back on tour. And the other women, very motivated to write songs. They realized we are going to have to write a song. I guess Jane Wyden had written a couple of songs. But this is where you want to start out like this. And people should advise you. How do you guys want to do this? You're right, Eugene. It's a cutthroat business. You wrote the whole song. But Candy singing back up on it gives the song another quality and you guys will stay friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, okay, Candy did this and Eugene, That's you're true. backing well, up. There's, there's Led, Ledin and
1: McCartney, put Ledin and McCartney in everything. Absolutely. But, of course, that didn't help out Ringo no, and, and George and very George. much.
0: And that, if you watch the Beatles, this is coming to the surface. And Ringo was ready to, he was willing to kind well, of look the yeah, other way. They, they really he held George back, too, didn't they? They really did hold George back. Um, And it really, wasn't just they, it was... Paul McCartney. It's obvious in the documentary that came out on Disney with Peter Jackson's editing. Um, Paul McCartney does not come out looking good. However, I want to say, and if we've ever talked about it, was that it's not Paul McCartney's fault that he came from a well-adjusted family. You know what I mean? But he did. He knew the value of his work. He knew how to get there and do nine to five. And the other guys were struggling with trauma and broken hearts and, and fucked up childhoods. And so and then they accidentally kept falling on needles, too. So you've got them into this drug um, um, culture on top of the fact that they didn't get recovery from what was bothering them as kids. Uh, divorce, loss of parents, loss of father, whatever was going on in their childhood poverty. And then you've got Paul, who's able to show up at nine o'clock in the morning, no matter what he does, write a song. They show him write, writing Get Back while they're waiting for Lennon to get there. While they're waiting, hours later, he's written Get Back, and it's so an incredible moment to see. It's like Sympathy for the Devil when you see um, Mick and Keith writing um, uh, uh, Sympathy for the Devil. And it just starts out all, doesn't make any sense, and you see this song develop right in front of the cameras. So the Go-Go's, yeah, they had to go back, and they decided to fix their karma. Now, why Robbie Robertson? All he had to do was go, you know what? But you have all these lawyers. So first of all, then you also have lawyers who may feel that it's to their benefit to right. um, support one of these. But they the, could but have the done right something. But
1: the right thing to do was divide up the dough. Yes, it would have they been the right thing to do. lots of dough. Yes. Divide it up so yep. everybody does exactly. well.
0: Exactly. So that's if that's they spend, the right thing. And you don't know. Are they going to spend it on heroin? Or are they doing heroin because they're broke? It could be both. The answer could be both ways. We don't know. But he shouldn't have to have lost his farm. And Rick Tanko should have been able to afford for rehab, afford to go to rehab, you know. Um, So it's a terrible story. And I don't know how Robbie Robertson reconciles himself with that. I really don't. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Because he he sounds, whenever you see an interview with him, he comes across as being so smug and paternal. He does. does. Paternalistic and and unlikable. He just comes across as being one of the most unlikable people in Uh, rock and roll. I totally agree.
0: I mean, the, uh, Keith I Richards and and Mick Jagger also did songwriting publishing too. But I think at some point the other guys got involved in it. I don't exactly know. Yeah, how I don't it did. know how that worked with. Those I don't guys. know how that worked, but with you two, they knew we're all on this. Whether you like you two or not, at least they went in there. as like four guys, four names, four publishers. Well,
1: that's very smart. Very it's, smart. It's, it's very. I mean, first of all, so you get to keep your friends.
0: You get to keep your right? friends. I mean,
1: you divide up the money and yes. you keep your friends. And
0: also Is when, it is it
1: worth hating the people you love the most right. in the world right. over?
0: And Edge may have written a song and Bono may have written the lyrics, but if they didn't have that fucking Larry in there, Drummond, because Larry was the one who made them be rock stars. Otherwise they'd be just Anthem and, and Oh, Woe Was Me that he was like, no, I don't want to do like all these quiet songs. I want to be a rock band. And it was Larry that brought that energy in.
1: But of course, there's a time-honored tradition of all of that, yes, right? Yes, yes. You know, uh, the band leader gets the money and pays scale to the people in his group, yeah. right? And yeah. and the rock and roll world is a little bit different than that, yeah. but that's
0: where it comes from, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. And then, again, we don't know what the lawyers are doing to pressure. They may be encouraging the high-functioning Musicians to keep those rights. Maybe they get more money. We don't know. We don't know. If they feel that they own Belinda Carlisle, they may n- always never encourage her to share the money with Jane Wyden. We don't know. There might be something in it for them.
1: It's pretty ugly. It, it is and ugly. The, This is a very... It's a sad film, but it's also a beautiful film. It is. Because when you see Levon singing, <laughs> yeah, and he's his voice comes back, and he's singing, it's just so so beautiful yeah. and it's there's so much love there yes. um that it's very very moved tremendously moving yeah yeah um and so it's it's worth watching for that in spite of the bitterness um and also for a guy who's had throat cancer mm-hmm. in, the, in this film he's non, non-stop smoking weed i know like non-stop I know.
0: and i guess well, he that's wasn't sort- in it for his
1: health <laughs> he wasn't in it for his health exactly <laughs> i mean and that's just i think is just to be functional
0: well, also, it makes you have an appetite. So if you're in cancer treatment, yes. you're hungry. Yeah. And That's then what it, I mean. Oh, yes, oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And, th- and soothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soothing. Yeah, It, um, it must be hard in the throw. Oh I, 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 I don't know. I don't know either. But you know what? Speaking of all of this, I want to reiterate to one of our very early episodes and say, please, all the music royalties, go back to the estate of the artists. And that speaks highly to the black music scene in the blues um, all of those guys, Sam Cooke, everybody, oh, all blues, of that music I mean, should go back. All the blues guys got ripped off. Yeah, but back to their estates. Back to their estates. I mean, I guess Prince's family's getting that do re mi.
1: Yeah, I, I hope they aren't fighting about it. I know. Like, like James Brown's family. I know. I mean, poor James Brown. is. I, they, He was on hold for a couple of years yeah. before they could properly right. entomb him because right. uh, because they were all
0: fighting over oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. They didn't even have a funeral or anything. Nope. Yeah. Well... Nope. Yeah, you find out about your family when there's an inheritance sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So
1: anyway, highly recommended film. Um, mm-hmm. It's some real insight into someone who was a rock star, yeah. late late in his career, making a comeback, doing beautiful work, mm-hmm. getting some recognition for it, um, and living with... The specter of all this bitterness, Mm -hmm. um, which is tremendously difficult.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know what? You do have to forgive people. I wish she did forgive him because I think that would have helped him fight cancer, too. Is that too corny to say that? I think there might be some evidence there that when this kind of resentment. Robertson
1: claims he went to visit him in the the hospital in the last couple of days and they made up. Um, Mm, Maybe they did. Maybe.
0: Maybe. Maybe.
1: You know, maybe when you're that close to death that, that you can put your bitterness aside.
0: It's also unfair. It's almost kind of unfair to leave on that, to to that's you know. Well, un- unless be...
1: Robertson said, oh, and by the way, I'm leaving a couple of million for your family.
0: Right. I hope he did. I hope he did. For that dirt farm.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And to Rick Danko's family who lost him and everybody. What a all sad story. The the story of
1: the band, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And and, and Lee On Helm said it all it was over by the second album. Yep. And I mean I fucking love that band. And I love me a big tall glass of Rick Danko. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and all for of them sure. I used to like Robbie Robertson too. But um oh my god, they you were had a st-
1: chance to you had a chance to meet them in their I, later incarnation. Rick Danko
0: you? and I stayed up all night drinking one night. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yep, I was like their host at a green room. And Levon Helm was there. I mean, we hung out with Levon and Richard Manuel, Garth, and Rick Danko. We were in the room for about three hours. They all took off, and he and I just sat smoking and talking and drinking. Wow. Till about nine in the morning.
1: Wow, what a, what a great experience. It was a
0: great experience. And you know, we were just talking about really fun stuff and music and life and... It was, a, it was just amazing conversation and just he was a great guy and maybe a little lonely happy to talk to a pretty young woman you know mm. stay up way too late and there was it wasn't a sexual thing mm-hmm. it wasn't like a groupy thing it was really
1: he just wanted someone to hang
0: with we just wanted to hang yeah yeah, yeah we just wanted to hang with something yeah. mm-hmm. hello is... i'm a great conversationalist hello <laughs> <laughs> you are in fact is there anything else we need to talk about today <laughs> so and you're... thank you for listening and we'll be back at you next week. Yep, we've got a guest, at least one guest, and then we're going to take a break after next week's episode. All right, a hiatus.
1: Hiatus. Yes wine, wine, like gonna, wine. Oh boy, hey, sad bottle to we me. you. Thanks for listening. Bye. If you want to get along you are new town, buy some wine and pass it all around. It runs up, 49. All those cats, they love sweet wine. Drinking wines for you to drink wine. Bop, bop. Wines for you to drink wine. Bop, Wine Wines for you to drink wine. Bop, bop. Hey, sad bottle to me. Hoy, hoy. Wine, wine, wine. Elderberry. Wine,
0: wine, wine. Port cherry.
1: Wine, wine, wine.
0: Blackberry. Wine, wine, wine.
1: Heaven had. Wine, wine, wine. Oh boy, pass that bottle to me. Drink that slop. That's what I'm talking about.